Welcome back to our continued study of choices and the results that come from making the right ones. And we're talking about making the commitment choice. David, writing in Psalm 37, said, Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. I want us to look at the commitment choices. There are many that we need to make, but there are some basic ones that are essential. First, we're to commit ourselves to Jesus. Now, if you've already done that for salvation and forgiveness and a relationship, <clears throat> then you can make a renewal commitment of, of that today. If you've received him, then just thank him that he's in your life. Thank him that he's your Lord. Thank him that he's your Savior. And that's what matters. Henry Drummond used to warn students, don't touch Christianity, he would say, unless you are willing to seek the kingdom first. I promise you a miserable existence if you seek it second. That is, put Jesus first. Really what this means is your attention on Christ as the Lord of your life. That's commitment. The psalmist said in Psalm 16, 8, I have set the Lord always before me. That's not that I just make up the fact that he's right here, but I just recognize that fact. I know he is right here because I believe what he says, and I make a commitment to that belief by talking to him, trusting him, depending on him. So that first commitment is the commitment to Jesus himself as our Savior and our Lord. Isaiah, the prophet of the Old Testament, had something to say about this. He tells us that he had a new and wonderful experience. He saw himself as he really was, and he saw the world that needed a witness that he could bring. And you and I must make that same kind of choice. As God deals with us and as God shows us who he is, we make the choice to obey him and to trust him and to depend on him, and we see things we've never seen before. And that's why we need to spend time alone with the Lord every day, opening up his word and, and also praying and trusting him. It doesn't have to be a long time. Start with 10 or 15 minutes a day. It probably will get a little longer as you start doing that. You see, David had this habit, and it was a part of his life. In, in 2 Samuel 7:18, David sat before the Lord and prayed to him. It was his daily thing, time with God. Some people call it a quiet time. It's called other things. I don't care what you call it. Just do it. That's what matters. Psalm 5.3, David wrote, Morning by morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. Morning by morning, I lay my request before you, and that in expectation. In Psalm 55.16 and 17, when in a time of distress, he said, But I call to God, and the Lord saves me evening, morning, and noon. I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. David was accentuating the fact that every day he sought God, every day he spent some time with God. Now, let me point out something here. If you begin the day with God that way, early in the morning, before all of your day unfolds, you spend a little time with God, you commit yourself to him, you commit your day to him, you read his word for some help and encouragement, and no matter how you feel, it may be exciting, it may not be. It may be emotionally thrilling, it may not be. But you are just spending time with him. And when you're with the person that you love the most in this world, every moment is not thrilling and compelling. But every moment can be special if you make it that way. So when you spend that time with the Lord, see, all through the day, you just go back to those moments you started with him. Thank you, Lord, 
I started out with you today. You're with me. You're there for me. And, and of course, he's going to be there anyway, but you don't recognize it if you don't start the day with him usually. And as you go through the day and you face a problem, you just talk to him about that problem because you started the day with him. And even in the midst of a crowd, you can whisper a silent prayer to him from your heart, and he will hear it. And if you'll make that kind of a commitment, I want to challenge you every day to start the day with the Lord. One of the great men of faith like that was George Mueller. In the 19th century in England, he made a tremendous impact. George Mueller said the first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord, but how I might get myself in the position where I can serve the Lord and where I can grow in the Lord. And he said that comes when you spend time with God, reading the word, praying, meditating upon him. And you see, it's not automatic that when you become a Christian by osmosis that you can hear people talk about it, but you will regularly take in the precious uh, word of God. It just doesn't just happen. You have to take time to do it. The poet said, I've shut the door. Speak now the word, Lord, which to in, in the midst of the noise and throng I could not hear. Hush now my inner heart. Whisper your will while I've come apart, while all is still. See, it's really up to us. That's why the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Seek you out a quiet place where you can spend some time with God. The second thing is commit yourself to the body of believers. That involves several things. I'm talking about your church. I'm talking about our church. If you're a member of this fellowship or you're a tender of this fellowship, you've got to make a commitment to this fellowship, not only to Christ, but to this fellowship. I'm convinced if you're not willing to make a commitment to a body of believers, you cannot make a difference. God wants you to make a commitment to him first, then to his church, which is a body of believers. That includes your family. That includes your mate. That includes all of us. We have several kinds of commitments that we need to make, but we need to make a commitment to his body, the church, that we're going to be there. We're going to worship. We're going to study. We're going to learn. We're going to serve. We're going to get involved. We're going to find ways to meet people. We're going to find ways to let God use us. Writing in Hebrews 10, 20, the author says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That's what a lot of people do after they become Christians. They, they just go now and then. But listen, if you're serious about the Lord, you need to go every single Sunday. And you need to be there unless you're sick. And you need to be there worshiping God. One of the things that's astounded me, that even the folks who are most committed miss an awful lot of worship times. And many people miss 15, 20 Sundays a year. How do you expect to grow if you're not there worshiping, if you're not there with God's people? You say, well, I can do that at home, or I can do that somewhere else. Sure you can, but you won't, and you don't. And it doesn't make the same difference. When you choose to come and be with God's people, David said, we took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company, Psalm 55, 14. In other words, we went to church together, and we had a commitment together. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So it's important to make a commitment to his church. David also loved the house of God. He said, I have seen you in the sanctuary, and behold your power and glory. Speaking of God in Psalm 63, he said that 
God has spoken from his sanctuary. You are awesome, O God, in your sanctuary. When I tried to understand a certain problem, it was oppressive to me till I entered your, the place of worship. One thing have I asked of the Lord, said David, and that is what I want most, to spend my days in the presence of the Lord and seek the beauty of the Lord. That is what it really means to have a time with God. I hope you'll start doing that, and I hope you'll make sure that you also spend time with God's people on a regular basis. God bless you. Have a great day.